This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Coming up this hour, will there even be a baseball season? For the first time in nearly 30 years, a labor dispute is costing games and delaying opening day. So we're going to bring you the latest on that. Plus, keeping up with the Joneses, we learn the story of a pioneering black Chicago power couple and the city landmarks associated with them. That's for our series, What's That Building? But first, some major overnight developments in the war in Ukraine. The Russian army says it has taken its first Ukrainian city, the southern port of Kherson, home to 300,000 people. The move is part of a strategy in the south to cut off Ukraine's access to the Black Sea. Meanwhile, the number of Ukrainians who have fled the country as refugees has now passed one million. If it continues, it's going to be Europe's biggest refugee crisis in the past century. That's Christine Pirovalakis from the office of the UN High Commissioner for Refugees. In a few minutes, we'll hear from an Illinois group that's focused on refugee rights. But we'll start our coverage of Ukraine today with Vera Elyashevsky, co-chair of the Kyiv Com- Committee of Chicago Sister Cities International. Welcome to Reset. Hi, Sasha. Vera, you, you've been in touch with friends and family across Ukraine as the Russian army has gained ground in recent days. What have you heard from them over the last 24 hours? Well, uh, this morning, um, and I'm going to focus on Kyiv because that's where I've been focused on. Okay. And I've been in contact with my cousin um, and uh, his wife. She's a doctor. And I'm just going to go back a couple of days. On Tuesday, the situation was was getting dire, and they were expecting a big onslaught. So uh, I learned at that point that my cousin's volunteer defense battalion didn't have any bulletproof vests. My cousin's wife was able to find a source in Western Ukraine, but she had to pay for those. Mm. So the banks are closed. What do you do, right? So we sent money to her via via a visa account, and once they had the money deposited, they released those vests. Some have been delivered, not all, uh, but um, I'm hearing from other friends in another area just north of Cave of Volunteer um, wrote to me, um, I said, I'll, I'll try to get you what I can. He says, the boys here don't have much, only guns. I have the list of needs, bulletproof vests, helmets, night vision goggles, first aid kits. I uh, heard from another one just this morning. Um, he writes, we need medical IFAC kits. We need media and diplomatic support for our country. Your support will be much appreciated. Mm. Where, um, where are they fleeing to, Vera? Well, they're not, these people are not fleeing. These people are fighting. These are the people in the trenches. Um, and they're asking, you know, they're begging to close the sky uh, because, you know, they're yeah. just afraid of, you know, the hits. But these people, you know, there are people fleeing uh, on, the, on, on the western border uh, coming in through Poland. And we actually have one of our CAVE committee members uh, that lives in Chicago that flew over there. She's originally from CAVE. And she's on the ground now. And uh, she, I talked to her this morning, and she told me the same thing. Um, bulletproof vests are in high demand. Uh, in fact, I just got a, I just got a message right now, just now, uh, from the group in Cave, and they say we buy ammunition, medicines, bread, the most necessary food. We have men with guns. We protect restaurants and prepare hot meals in their kitchens for territorial defense. Uh, fighters for all those in need. We are also setting up production of body armor Mm. as it is very difficult to find them in Ukraine now. We need funds to expand our activities. 
we can accept money to cards, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They're going to set up an account. So she, she is, um, the doctor has a clinic and she's converted that into an, uh, an area for volunteers. Yeah. And the goal is, um, so that that's what they're doing. Wow, but well, it's very frustrating. Your your organization, though, from from here, you're, you've been sending humanitarian aid and, and money as well, right? Tell us more about that. Well, uh, there have, there's organizations that are doing that in Chicago. We, uh, the Cave Sister Cities, has not done anything yet. We are actually right now in, in the middle of it, uh, in the middle of trying to identify who we're going to send the money to, so that we can target that to go to, you know, a, a specific group um, because, uh, you know, we know that they need these supplies. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on a, on a Zoom call uh, last night uh, with um, uh, Senator Tammy Duckworth, and, you know, the fact that uh, they're being asked to pay for these, uh, actually this morning, my cousin's wife told me she received a call from Western Ukraine, and they're expecting an arrival. They told her of humanitarian aid. Yeah. And once they receive that, they're going to call her to advise her of the cost. Now, we're you know we're sending these, and people are you know expected to pay for them. They don't have sleeping bags. Um, well, you you mentioned that call with the U.S. senator. What did you discuss? Well, you know we we discussed. Um, uh, basically, the support of you know of the United of the United States and our our um, uh, community had a chance to speak with her. I specifically uh, discussed this issue of military aid coming in, humanitarian aid coming in, and you know volunteers people are expected to pay for it. Uh, she also talked about uh, the uh, I know that there's a. Um, the TSA uh, um, provision that's being um, presented. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I uh, had asked about, you know, how does that, under that provision, like the Canadian government's doing, they've made announcements that any Ukrainians that wish to leave, uh, wherever they may be, Ukraine or Poland, they, they would be welcome in Canada, and they're fast-tracking them. And um, I know the... Uh, at the provincial level, Doug Ford, uh, Premier Ford, is uh, wants to welcome them with jobs. Yeah. So you know, I don't, I, I really don't know much more. I, I can't talk about that. But um, right. Well, the U.S. has issued you know economic sanctions against Russia. Um, it's sending Ukraine weapons and, and military aid. Uh, Russian planes are now banned from U.S. airspace. What more do you want to see this government well, do? Well, I, I think that uh, closing, I think closing the sky is what they keep asking me um, because they're, you know, I know we're sending support and it's going to get in there. But if they, if they, you know, can close the sky, uh, so the, um, the planes, you know, the, you know, missiles coming in are diverted or, you know, can't, it can't come through into Ukraine. They're very, they're very overwhelmed over there. It's moving fast, very overwhelmed. Vera Eliashevsky is a co-chair of the Kiev Committee of Chicago Sister Cities International. Vera, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Sasha. We turn now to Fred Sow, Senior Policy Counsel for the Illinois Coalition for Immigrant and Refugee Rights. Hi, Fred. Thanks for joining. Good, good afternoon, Sasha. Good to be with you again. So we've seen a million people now, Fred, uh, flee mm-hmm. Ukraine in the last week. Uh, the U.N. says that 
that could grow to more than four million people. What's been going through your mind as you watch this refugee crisis essentially grow? Yeah, um, well, first off, um, I mean, we definitely stand in solidarity with the people of Ukraine. Um, this is uh, this is a really tragic situation uh, and a very needless situation. Um, you know, as you mentioned, um, one million people have already fled the country. Um, uh-huh. That could grow to you know, 10% of the, of the nation's population, um, you know, fleeing, fleeing an armed invasion. Um, so, uh, you know, we, you know, you know, our hearts definitely go out to the people of Ukraine. Um, you know, we, you know, I've, you know, we definitely admire the courage that uh, that the people have shown, um, but unfortunately, you know, the, you know, it's unfortunate that the, the people of Ukraine have had to stand yeah. up to the armed aggression here. And Fred, you were listening along to my conversation with Vera Elyashevsky, yes. and uh, in one moment she she mentioned TSA. I think she meant TPS, um, mm. but uh, she didn't know much more about it. Can you just dig in and explain TPS, which is Temporary Protected Status, to our listeners? Yes. Yes, sure. Um, Temporary protected status is a designation by the federal government um, that applies to certain countries um, where there is armed conflict or um, natural disaster or other conditions that make it dangerous to return people to those countries. Um, There are currently currently, I believe, 13 nations that have been designated by the federal government. And uh, what this means essentially is that uh, we will not deport people back to those countries um, because of the conditions there. And this isn't the largest refugee crisis that we've seen in in recent years, but it is remarkable how fast people are fleeing. So how does what we're seeing in Ukraine actually compare to other recent crises in, say, Syria or Afghanistan? Uh well, yeah, this is, uh, you know, um, you know, the situation in Ukraine, again, is incredibly tragic. But um, I, I think it's it's important to keep in mind we have we have unfinished business in Afghanistan, um, mm-hmm. you know, where where we've evacuated uh, tens of thousands of individuals and tens of th- and, and many, many individuals remain in peril. Um, we've had we've had the crisis in Syria with the civil war, the ongoing civil war there, um, and you know um, here in here in the Western Hemisphere, uh, we've had you know we we have ongoing gang violence in the Northern Triangle in Central America. We've had uh, you know we we we've had uh, political turmoil and natural disasters in Haiti. Um, you know there was the situation on the on the Texas border with uh, fifteen thousand Haitians. Um, you know, m- many of whom were, um, most of whom were uh, eventually returned back to Haiti. Um, you know, um, even even though uh, even though we we you know our government recognizes the the, the really disastrous conditions there. Yeah. So yeah, it is important to note that uh, Ukraine is very much at the top of our minds, but uh, we can't lose sight of um, the other crises throughout the world. Many Ukrainians they are fleeing to countries like Poland. Hungary, mm-hmm. Romania, some may head further west. Do you expect that some Ukrainian refugees could eventually come to the Chicago area? Well, um, 
you know, the you know, refugee resettlement, the refugee resettlement process is a very formal and uh, very arduous process. Um, I would imagine, though, given uh, the very substantial Ukrainian population here in the Chicago region, mm-hmm. that um, many many uh, Ukrainians may find their way here and try to apply for asylum, which is a different process. Um, it's also a very torturous process that's incredibly backlogged, unfortunately. But um, but. I can I can see that happening. Uh, I, I understand that uh, our state government has been in contact with um, the State Department, um, you know, so far as coordinating refugee resettlement. Um, that has certainly been the case with the Afghans. Um, you know, um, you know, and you know, the, the situation with the Ukrainians is uh, is unfolding. What do you make of the idea that uh, Senator Duckworth of uh, Illinois is considering? supporting a, a push toward giving them temporary protected status? Mm-hmm. Uh, temporary protected status. TPS, temporary protective status, is definitely an appropriate tool um, in, in situations like the, like the crisis in Ukraine. Um, you know, uh, people who, you know, people who are here um, in the United States from Ukraine uh, are definitely facing peril if they were to be returned to the country. So it's definitely appropriate to, uh, for, you know, for the federal government to designate Ukraine for TPS. Well, I just want to return to a point you were making earlier that, you know, there are other mm-hmm. countries in the world mm-hmm. where people are fleeing armed conflict right now mm-hmm. and, and dire circumstances. As the world does focus right now on Ukraine, mm-hmm. tell us what you want them to keep in mind about the refugee crisis globally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, we have billions of people throughout the world who are displaced um, in one way or another, whether they've crossed the, crossed the border or whether they're internally displaced. And, uh, you know, um, you know, you know, the Again, the situation in Ukraine is uh, very much top of mind, but um, you know we cannot forget um, ongoing uh, humanitarian crises throughout the world that are causing people to leave their homes um, and, uh, and in many cases, leave their leave their leave their native countries. Um, so, you know, we need to we need as a country, um, we you know our refugee resettlement um, infrastructure has been devastated under the previous administration. We need to rebuild that. And, you know, we need to, you know, we need to extend humanitarian protections for those people who, you know, for whom it's just too dangerous to return them to their countries. When you say we need to rebuild, what's our biggest need? <laughs> uh, you know, our, our, our biggest need is to rebuild the, you know, uh, refund the uh, nonprofit organizations that are working with refugees on a daily basis. Um, many, many of these organizations were really devastated um, when um, the previous administration cut way back on refugee resettlement numbers because, you know, because you know, those organizations are funded uh, in large part based on the numbers of refugees they're, they're assisting. Um, so, yeah, so, so you know, um, it's, it's not enough to raise the refugee ceiling as the Biden administration has proposed to do. We need to also make sure that um, the processing is in place and that the assistance for incoming refugees is also in place. Well, before I let you go, Fred, what can Chicago area residents do to to help refugees from Ukraine and Haiti and Afghanistan and, and beyond? 
Yeah, um, there are a number of organizations that are um, that are working with refugees on a daily basis. Um, you know, I can cite to organizations like Refugee One, um, uh, Muslim Women's Resource Center in particular has been working very closely with uh, the, the uh, Afghan evacuee community. Um, you know, organizations like Syrian Syrian Community Network, um, Catholic Charities, Hyas, um, all of these organizations, um, you know, could stand you know, additional support. And um, you know, and I, I would urge uh, our listeners to uh, you know to reach out to them to and uh, you know provide what whatever assistance they they, they are able to do, to provide. That's Fred Sow, senior policy. Senior Policy Counsel for the Illinois Coalition for Immigrant and Refugee Rights. Thank you, Fred. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.